0: Pookie
1: Tuesday. I want the whole world on my name. Like Linda Carter or some shit. Hey, everyone with a pulse is gonna lust after a piece of Maxine Minx once so they see what you can do. You know why? because you got that x-factor hey guys welcome back to spooky tuesday a weekly podcast where we're breaking down all of our favorite slashers thrillers monster movies and black comedies on the new scariest day of the week i'm sydney thompson i'm monica height
0: and i'm chelsea Duff.
1: And this week we
2: are doing another new, new film. This is one from director Ty West. We just were talking about him a few weeks ago when we covered 2012's VHS, but now we're doing something that's all Ty West all the time. It's 2022's X, um, and it's a really, really fun one, so I'm really excited for this episode, but let me break down the summary for you right away in case you haven't seen it, because I mean, it did just come out a month ago. It Um, is very
0: new. It is very fresh. fresh.
2: But uh, again, I don't want you to listen to this before watching this movie, especially this one, because I liked it so much. But anyway, here's a little teaser. Uh, In 1979, a group of young filmmakers set out to make an adult film in rural Texas, but with... but when they're reclusive, I'm having a hard time, elderly (laughs) hosts catch them in the act. The cast find themselves fighting for their lives. That's true.
0: (laughs) It's true, but it also, I would not say gives like quite the right impression of the film.
2: Doesn't give the vibe, doesn't give the vibe, but how can you put the vibe into words? I mean, better than that. But
0: but I would make the summary a little more mysterious because that's kind of what the vibe was from the trailer. You know what I mean? Like, you didn't know what was going on. You didn't know who the bad people were going in.
2: Well, yeah, when I watched the trailer for this, because I've been excited for this one for a long time. When the trailer came out, I was like, this is going to slap. And then it slapped in a completely different way than I thought it would. Um, But (laughs) I thought it was going to be like a sundowners thing um, because the way that they made it seem, they made it seem like the... There was something spooky about the grandma who lived in the farmhouse. Um, Pearl is her name, but they did not make it clear like what was going on. And, you know, from the get go. That's the one thing that sucks. is like it doesn't it suck when you know from from the trailer that RJ is gonna die. <laughs> mm. and exactly where he's gonna die. But like they had to, to expose one death, I guess, and of of all of them, they they give you just enough to know he's gonna die, but they don't let you know what's really gonna happen in the aftermath there. so so there's that. But I mean, okay, you were gonna say something, Sydney. <laughs>
1: I was gonna say the whole vibe of this movie is dark and not in like a, ooh, dark, mysterious, as in like just the camera work is so dark in this movie. Mm. And I had complaints in theater. So uh, my cousin Kayla and I went and saw this in theater. And let me tell you, do you know how hard it was to find a movie theater in Alabama that was playing this movie? Really? <sighs> there was only Best South at work. one that I could find that was in like a reasonable driving distance and it was still 45 minutes away. It turns out the religious
0: themes of this movie are unfortunately very timely and relevant.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Um, but my cousin and I went, there was eight people in the movie and so we sat in the way back and were just loud and obnoxious the entire time. But like people were complaining, I think they were enjoying us. People enjoying were very rowdy
0: in our screening as well.
2: We I were think really rowdy.
1: Oh yeah, you have to be. I mean, it's
2: this movie is like the funny type of horror. You know, it's 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 not a comedy. So it's actually funny. Funny. <laughs> like a really. Yeah. It's like a smart commentary on a lot of different things, which we'll get into, but it's so fucking funny. Like it's laugh out loud, funny throughout. Um, and also it's like gruesome as fuck. So like, if I wasn't laughing my head off, I was screaming my head off, um, and scree- squeezing the life out of Chelsea's hand. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I was sitting with next to Chelsea and I was sitting next to Adam and Adam, um, is the type of person who has his fingers in his ears the entire time he <laughs> watches a horror movie. So he can't hold my hands. Um, and so, you know what, that's why it's I don't a like tough job, to watch. Gotta do it. <laughs> I don't like watching horror movies in theaters with Adam because I'm just like, someone needs to be on the receiving end of my vice grip. And if it's not going to be you, then why are you here? <laughs> yeah,
0: just a wasted seat filler, really.
2: I know. Ideally, I have someone on either side so I mm-hmm. can just really cocoon myself. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, but yeah, I mean, this was this was so fun to see in theaters. I It, was, it really was. Yeah, it was good to watch it at home for sure. But like just on the big screen it just it hits different I'm so glad we can go back to the movie theaters again
0: it was it it was very delightful for sure like I was definitely like delighted is the word I was thrilled at some points when we watched it in the theaters you know I laughed a lot I covered my eyes a lot um, my reactions were a lot more measured at home the second time around, um, especially cause I feel like I was really trying to like watch for notes purposes. Um, I didn't do a just vibes screening cause the theater run was my just vibe screening. <laughs> um, but it is, it's really fun for sure. And they do some cool stuff. Um, we never really plan. Our clear references are, are through lines, but we've got a couple here with like yeah. the split screens to carry. And like there's a couple POV shots, like with Halloween.
2: Um, and also the beginning, when the beginning at the beginning of this movie like it's the end. spoils the end of the movie, not spoils it, but like shows the, the, the after aftermath. Just like May. May just like May except mm-hmm. I liked oh. the way that they did it in this movie yeah because and I I wrote this in my notes even like this mm-hmm. one is different than the way they did it in May is because like not you don't know who anyone is you just see bodies bodies haha another 824 horror movie coming out <laughs> uh <laughs> which we're also really excited about but anyway um you just see the bodies with the sheets over them. You have no idea who's who you have no idea what's what. And so Mm -hmm. there's, it's not spoiling everything. Like with may you see like blood pouring out of her eyeball. You know what I mean? Like, that's like, like, you know, that her eyeball's gone, you know, (laughs) like, and that's like the big punchline at the end of that movie. I mean, there's two big punchlines, but yeah, whatever. Um, But this one, it's more ominous and it kind of like sets the tone that, you know, like, you know that shit is going to hit the fan. And I know that's the point of the May one too, but I just thought it was more jarring and more revealing and I didn't like it as much. But this one, it's like, you kind of need that because there's such a long period of downtime in this movie. It's really like a cute, like 70s road trip about porn, you know, (laughs) for the the first bit, um, which I love that part of the film too. Uh. I do
0: think it's interesting with the intro that you're right. They like throw sheets over everybody, but also what they kind of position as like the big moment of the is when the two police officers are down in the cellar and they're like, you've got to see this. And then once you have watched the film and you're like seeing that part again, you realize it's just the guy who's been dead in the basement and is like not really plot relevant is the big like oh my god moment in the beginning Um, which is an oh my god moment because there's a lot of implications there but again it's not even any of our main characters even a little bit
2: Um, and so it's
0: interesting to like have that as sort of a reveal and then it doesn't actually give anything away
2: I feel like maybe the reason the cops were so oh my god about it is because like seeing that they realize who the perpetrators probably are of the Mm crime because when they're looking all around the house, they're like, what the hell happened here? And they're like, I have no idea. Like, I think they say something like that. And then they go down there and they see like a weeks old corpse with his pants around his ankles tied up in like this torture chamber. And they're like, okay, well these kids who just came into town did not do that. Probably didn't, yeah. Probably right. didn't do that. If all the rest of these bodies are fresh, like who's the person who le- lives here? Um, or That's the people really who live interesting. here.
0: Actually, because also, um, and I did not notice this myself, but per IMDb trivia, um, I think I noticed when we were in theaters that when Jackson drinks milk, there's like a missing person photo on the milk carton. Um, I didn't notice it the second time around. But apparently, per IMDb trivia, the missing person on the milk carton is the guy in the basement. Oh, Um,
2: sick. I love that.
0: Yeah, and there's like one moment when they're at the gas station early on And Wayne is being like, see, everybody's trying to make a buck. And it like shows the flyers for a second. And they're all like for sale, for sale, for rent. But there is one that's like missing at least one. I saw, I like paused to check what the deal was with the board. Um, And I couldn't see anything that like identified that guy. But if the police who presumably are familiar with the people that are missing in the area. Yeah. Recognize him also. That ties it. Not just the homeowners have killed this one guy, but oh gosh, perhaps the homeowners are responsible for this whole slew of missing people in the area.
2: Yeah, totally. That's a really good point too. I wanted to pause that, but I I was, uh, I did not plan my life very well this weekend. And so there was a period of time where I was like, I'm not going to be able to watch the movie, but instead I watched it at 8 a.m. on a Sunday morning and it was a lovely way to start the day. Um, Mm I've watched a lot of our horror movies um, very early in the morning at times 6 a.m. before work. Um, and a lot of times it's not good. No, it's a very bad way to start the day. It is not the right thing. But X, X, you can start your day with it. It's fun enough. There's enough levity in it that you can start your day with it, uh, which is what I'm looking for in a horror film. You know, an early morning <laughs> cup of Joe horror film. Um, but Okay, let's talk about our cast of characters here. Um, I, I love that like we go from the, the cops reviewing the crime scene immediately to Maxine, Maxine Minks, uh, aka Mia Goth, like doing blow. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that that whole um, transition was really, really fun. And um, I am just so obsessed with Mia Goth after this movie, like the no eyebrows queen of my heart. Honestly,
0: nobody pulls off no eyebrows like she does. Seriously. It's a hard
2: cool look freckle to carry. Queen, honestly,
1: her freckles are incredible, but. Britney Snow steals this movie, like oh. I know Mia Goth is supposed to be the star, but like sorry, girl, it is queen Brittany snow in this movie for me. Like she, every scene that she is in is my favorite scene. Like she's just so good in this movie.
2: I, I totally agree with you. And also I was reading this uh, article on LA times about the movie. Um, oh, and fun. it was, yeah, it was so, so fun. So insightful. Cause most of these articles were like focusing on t- High West, as a shout out, he did an incredible job bringing this whole writer, to director, etc. Yeah. yeah. There's, okay, I'll say this really quickly. There was this one interview that I read uh, it's linked in the references, and he was talking about how he's an only child, and so that's kind of like how he does his filmmaking, where he was like just like does it all himself because like that's how he, he grew has up to play with. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, oh, I'm an only child, and I was like, I relate to that so much. <laughs> Not that I could do what he does, but like I was like, yeah, totally uh-huh. do what he does.
0: Don't sell yourself short, Queen.
2: I don't think that i I'm, I'm like gonna be a writer cinematographer photographer, director. Like, I just don't I see that in think- the cards for me. And it's because it's my choice. I don't want to, you know,
0: look, I just, no other reason you can do it and you could do it on your first try, but let's never find out for sure. You know what I mean? Okay. Let's yeah, yeah, yeah. just Fair. have the belief forever. Maybe, maybe <laughs>
2: I'll direct us in a rec- recreation. We'll do a feature film of our own. All okay. we sl- we'll do a lot ho- of um, scripted TikToks. <laughs> just as a launching point anyway Mm -hmm. back to britney snow um one i didn't like recognize what her name was the whole time bobby lynn is her Mm -hmm. name absolutely incredible and she literally like based like her mannerisms and like her look off of dolly parton like that's like what she was going for which is so perfect so spot on she she killed it she really did
0: Yeah, I I think it was in that article um, where she's really talking about how she wanted to bring like a humanity to the character. because it would be very easy for someone playing a porn star to play it in a minimizing, like very flat, one dimensional way. Um, And I think she really brought a lot of heart generally speaking. And then also she sang, which is very Pitch Perfect of her. A oh little fun God. for the girlies, for the Pitch Perfect girlies out There's there. There's
2: like the the song part was poignant and it was lovely and they did the whole split screen carry thing during that part but Mm -hmm. it did feel a little bit like dominic fike's song in euphoria where it went on (laughs) for like a little bit too long i was like we're doing the whole song okay i mean the verses are poignant (laughs) but we're gonna do the whole song Do you remember when literally every
0: project that Mandy Moore was in for a while, she would sing a song, literally everyone, a walk to remember that song is 12 minutes long. I swear to God. Um, <laughs> that she song is Yeah. She sings in a princess diaries. I'm pretty sure she sings in this is us, but I stopped watching after maybe six episodes in season one, but I'm pretty sure she, she sang in
2: every single one of those six episodes. <laughs> can you imagine
0: <laughs> <laughs> no but she just like she must have had something written into her contracts for a while there that was like mandy moore must sing and she i just want to know sing. if britney snow asked for this song or if she was given this song or if Do the you know song
2: I mean? was thrust upon her yeah
0: um because it's not that it was bad but it was you're right it was a little bit like Oh, okay. We're doing this. Um, a little bit of a reminder that you are watching an actor in a role in that moment. And yeah, the actor's like, Hey guys, I sing too." um, it's very Disney channel star to be like, I sing too." there's randomly a song in here. Um, yes.
2: And they brought that up in that article too. Cause they also made the juxtaposition with Jenna Ortega being mm-hmm. a, a former Disney star, but yeah, I don't I don't really know. I, I liked it. I think it is so funny. And it adds to the fact that this is a funny, scary movie. Like, yeah. like she sounded amazing. She sounded great. She's got a great voice. But I was like, we are doing a little kumbaya moment. We're sitting on the couches drinking our beers. We're uh-huh. singing Fleetwood Mac. Uh, I'm like, let's do it. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> and
0: there was, like, some interesting juxtaposition of, like, what lyric with what they were showing on screen. um, Like, the I Built My Life Around You lyric was shown mm-hmm. with, like, RJ and Lorraine in, in a side-by-side when we know, like, shit's about to hit the fan with them. And also a little bit, like, their construction of the way that they work around each other. And then there's the Children Get Older line cut to, like, Pearl and on the other half of the sc- split screen, like, the very creepy blue eyeshadow baby dolls um which, I did that the high. first
2: time around <laughs> like she saw Mia Goth she saw Maxine in her cute little blue eyeshadow and she was like same but also all my babies are gonna be the same too
0: <laughs> do you think she blue eyeshadowed them after she saw Maxine or do you think she latched onto Maxine because of the blue eyeshadow in part because her babies were already blue eyeshadowed
1: She's like, all my babies are blue eyeshadow babies. A real blue eyeshadow baby. A
0: real blue baby. Looks like me
1: when I was young. Baby?
2: Another baby episode. This Another is episode a for classic chicken <laughs> or the egg scenario. Mm-hmm. What came first? The blue eyeshadow baby or Maxine's blue eyeshadow. Um, only time will tell, you know. Maybe we'll find out in Pearl. <laughs> there is,
0: yeah. I mean, there is some like sort of implied wibbly wombly time stuff if you want to read that into this movie I okay actually let's just talk about that now if we if you guys don't mind um but like Mia Groth plays both Maxine and Pearl which is very interesting because of the relationship that. that the characters have um do we think there's anything more to that or do we think it's just like kind of fun
2: I fucking hope not I would hate it if it was some sort of time warp shit because I think it's such like a beautiful like at not allegory I don't know but um reference to just like to to the themes of aging that they're tackling in this movie because the real horror of this movie is is like the slow trudging of time, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and, and aging and losing your youthful vigor. I saw in a bunch of articles saying that phrase, like the youth is wasted on the young or whatever that, that phrase is. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think it was just more of like an artistic choice to be like, she really sees herself as Maxine because they're literally played by the same person so more of like an artistic choice in that regard and also a fun excuse to put Mia in age makeup well yeah,
1: I mean oh sorry go ahead oh when I first saw this in theaters and we get to our first kill by Pearl uh-huh, and iconic. uh RJ hate him uh little bitch Little bitch behavior. Little bit. Yeah. But I was she's like brutally murdering RJ. And all you can kind of see is she's again, this movie's like very dark shot mm-hmm. wise, but you see like the car headlights and it kind of looked like she was younger than she was. And so I kind of thought I was like, is this a they um, she murders the people kind of thing. to like oh. regain her like youth? And then it was like, oh no, she's still old again. Okay, like where is this going? Mm -hmm. But like she did kind of look a lot younger after that first kill and she's like dancing in the headlights because she tells uh, Maxine that like, oh, I used to be a dancer and yada, yada, Mm -hmm. yada. And I thought that that's where this movie was going that like, oh, they murder people supernatural you know, like, style yeah, yeah. yeah and it yeah. wasn't and I was like mm, okay yeah would you like it more if it was that? maybe I liked it a lot but it would have just been like a different movie you know yeah, yeah. I, th- I mean I would have liked that movie too I think
2: I mean it, I would see how it would have had to end um but I just I just loved Cause because all these articles that I read were like the horror of this movie is that you can like almost relate to the older characters, um, to Howard and Pearl, because like you there's they are they are humanized so well in this movie because you you understand their longing. Like, oh, they wish that they could be how they once were. They're sad because like opportunities they have in their had in their youth never played out they're jealous of these younger people who have their whole lives ahead of them you know like those are like human ideas um but what was i gonna say oh to your point sydney about like how mac or pearl was acting younger after that i think part of the reason that she seemed younger is because she felt more alive like she's like pearl is a very sexual being um they make that pretty clear, um, just because, like, you know, she she keeps trying to come to Howard and ask him to be with her in that way, but he has a bad heart, and so he literally can't fuck. And she's like, "I don't care, die for this pussy." Like, literally, that's what she says to him. Um, she doesn't literally say that, but that's the subtext. She
0: basically yeah. says, "Why won't you risk it all?
2: Yeah, I've why won't Twilight. you lay down your that, life Bella. for this?" Uh-huh. Yeah,
0: Bella's trying to die for the dick. I just don't understand why you don't have the same commitment to this relationship.
2: Exactly, exactly. And fair, fair. Um, but the the thing with the kill with the RJ kill, it's an incredibly sexual kill. Cause at first she just stabs him. Well, first, first she comes on to him, you know, she mm-hmm. like rubs his back. She's like trying to kiss him. And he's like, what the fuck? I don't want to see that. She tries to get naked for him. She, he says like, I don't want to see that. And then she's like, fuck you, die. Yeah. Um, Fair reaction. That was rude. He could have phrased that in a better way. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, but then she like straddles him and is like kind of like using scared. the knife as like like a like like kind of was a like pseudo. fucking him with yeah. it. Yeah. Um and then literally decapitates him, which I thought was cool. Um but something I read in one of the articles um was that there were screenings or one of the screenings that Ty West went to I think some some people walked out during that scene because they were so horrified by like the violence being sexualized in that way. And I was just like I thought it was funny. (laughs) It's
0: on theme. It's It's thematic.
2: I was like, I don't know what you you thought you were getting into. And this is what Ty West said too. He was like, I don't know what you thought you were getting into when you saw this, like came to this movie. It's a porn slasher. Yeah. It's a porn slasher. But that said, before we get too far into it, I do want to say that I think that and, and it says this in a lot of the articles, too, like it's very easy to have done this movie in a in an exploitative way. And Brittany Snow commented on that in the L.A. Times article we're talking about, um, where you she like wanted to make sure and make one to understand what Ty West was going for making the movie, because it's like you're having full frontal nudity. You're having like pretty graphic sex scenes uh, graphic. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Um, In this movie like multiple times and like it would be really easy for this if this to just be like exploiting the the women who are porn actresses in the movie um but they give everybody so many layers and so much depth and and everything that they're like actual people that's handled so well um and something that i thought was really awesome and admirable is when ty west wrote this movie he brought it to a 24 first because he was like a 24 can handle this and they'll do it right and he he wrote uh in the, uh, an article he said if a 24 hasn't picked it up I'm not sure if I would have made it because he's not sure what other like film house would have been able to to handle it and not ruin it and I Give told him
0: his vision yeah,
2: yeah. no because this this could have gone wrong this could have gone really wrong this is a, a a sticky situation you know but it, it it's it, they do such a good job of making this look like 1979, but the movie is so not <laughs> created in 1979 because it's it's handled so well. So I thought that was well, a really fun thing about it.
0: Yeah, I think they definitely did the film X a lot of favors um, by writing RJ's character as like an avant-garde cinema fan rather than like a someone with experience in porn um because Uh it meant that the movie x could be shot without being like really exploitative male gaze and those parts and cutting into like the farmer's daughter footage could also be like beautiful kind of art housey um Mm -hmm. and like reverent in a way instead of degrading um but actually I was going to say, sorry, I was going to say, but actually go, let's go back to the Pearl thing for a bit because I had more that I wanted to say, but actually maybe we can talk about that later. Let's see yeah. that for later.
2: Well, I just, to comment more on, on the way they handled the porn, I think like all of the moments like there are so many moments where they give agency to Bobby Lynn and Maxine um, or give like this like power to them um, like this, like while they're doing what whatever se- sex acts that they're doing, like for first one is when Bobby Lynn, um, and all of them are at the gas station, and Bobby Lynn's like, "Why don't you film <laughs> from above or whatever?" So it looks like the gas nozzle is his is his cock, <laughs> is Kid Cudi's cock. We haven't even talked about Kid Cudi yet. Kid Cudi's in this. Kid uh-huh. Cudi is so good in this. He's
0: Kid so Cudi is a hanging this. dong in this, and that's
2: important. Oh, he's so <laughs> handsome. Um, oh, and also just that shot when they shoot, when he's filling up the, the car with gas and they like sh- take the shot of like, you know, his, his gas nozzle dick and they pan up to his face and he's just like leaning back with his mouth open. I was like, I'm going to pass out. <laughs> he's a beautiful man. He's a beautiful man. Um, but like that gives this, uh, Bobby Lynn agency. Cause she's like, mm-hmm. I know what the fuck I'm doing. Like I know. She's like, that- I've
0: got ideas too. Yeah, she like explicitly says it
2: exactly. And then in the the sex scene um, with Jackson and Bobby Lynn, um, you know, there's not a lot of nudity in that scene. I noticed, in comparison to the one with Maxine later. Mm-hmm. Um, it's mostly like face shots of, of of Brittany Snow and of Kid Cudi. But um, in the aftermath of that. Um, they're showing the realities of it. She's literally like wiping ejaculate off of her oh, back. I oh, I hate it now, Yeah. <laughs> yep. Sorry. But then she's like, she's like, oh, you're so like, like, oh, Jackson, you're feeling so proud of yourself. Like you did a good job, sweetie. And he's like, uh, yeah, I was born to fuck essentially. <laughs> and she was like, honey, that's called acting. And he's like, you're not that good of an actress. And then she just like performs an orgasm right then and there. And it's just, incredible I feel like that does a lot for it too for uh like showing her agency because she's just like yeah uh uh-huh I am an incredible actress and puts him right back in his place and puts the power right back on her I don't remember
1: the full quote but I know like when they're at the gas station and Jenna Ortega's character is like oh is that your boyfriend and she's like sometimes yeah and then they say something else and she also says like Yes, but I, the line is
0: that um, Bobby Lynn says like, "Oh, do you always help out with your boyfriend's films?" And Jenna goes, "Sometimes, yeah." And then Jenna goes, "Is that your boyfriend?" And she goes, "Sometimes, yeah." Yeah. Iconic. Love and it.
1: That's. I'm gonna use that from now on. Like, no matter serious committed relationship, like I could be married. Somebody is that your husband? <laughs> sometimes, sometimes, yeah. Like yeah. that's just gonna be. the move from now on she's just so
2: smart the whole time too when she's like talking about what she's gonna do with her money and she's like I want to have a pool so I can tan these titties and Jenna Ortega makes some face I don't know and she's like honey like I know how blessed I am to look like this people pay thousands of dollars for this so I need to take care of it and I'm just like she's just very practical Mm -hmm. (laughs) also just a cinematography thing um when they show the big mural on the back of the Bayou Strip Club or whatever—I don't remember what it's called—and um, it's a painting of her, like, pretty much like with an alligator. Which is oh shit! I didn't even okay. think about that. But oh, here's the thing: oh, my god, it's foreshadowing! Holy no, 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 shit! Oh my god, so
1: many foreshadowing moments like in this movie. Um, you have ah, that. Had, my mind's blown. <laughs> you, uh, you have that. As It was coming out of your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> uh Wayne talks about how like people's eyes are gonna pop out of their heads when they see this movie and then he gets Ugh. rammed in the eye with a pitchfork like and the Jackson, actually come out Jackson talks about how like when he was in Vietnam like farmers were shooting at him all the time um Howard Pearl's husband constantly mentions that he's he has a bad heart and there's like some, uh, oh, there's the thing when they first get to the farm and Howard is pointing his gun at Wayne. And then Wayne is like, Oh, don't worry. I keep a gun in the car too. And it's not, it's like not really loaded at all. Like, that's fine. Yeah. Like, there's so many foreshadowing Damn. details in this movie it's a that, like, very well written script. There's so that
2: part when good. RJ is like, Yeah, like, I hope an old lady doesn't fuck my head off with a knife. Remember when he says that? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: i'm kidding you're right. Oh, that, that's that was oh, crazy oh, oh. can we talk about <laughs> foreshadowing the best foreshadowing and i didn't like the scene because it was like was the dead cow scene you know oh mm. but like they made the cops there but like they make a point to like show the tat the car ta- van tires like going through the cow it oh, which is just how Maxine runs over Pearl <laughs> yeah foreshadowing Wayne um, also says to
0: one of the cows at one point wander into traffic so that's not really foreshadowing because it comes after <laughs> the cow wandered into traffic but it's just but... showing that that goes into this film um, um but just before more, we
2: move on it's just about the cow um the fact that its tongue was sticking out was really funny <laughs> to me i was like why they did there he's already had an undignified death now they're gonna make him look dumb too it was like poor uh, cow uh, <laughs> poor yeah poor cow <laughs> and Really, before you go on to your next thing, the reason that I brought up this whole foreshadowing thing, which I didn't mean to bring up because I didn't realize it because I'm dumb and Sydney smart. Um, <laughs> well, all that I was going to say, this is how dumb the thing I was going to say is it's like it's a big painting of Britney Snow. And then she like throws the door open and like pops out of her pussy, her own pussy pretty much right then. <laughs> and, there, and like walks out. That's what I was going to say. I thought that was an amazing entrance. And I thought it was hilarious. And it was foreshadowing and I had no idea. Chelsea. To
0: reframe it, I liked that (laughs) she smashed the alligator at least once in the course of the film when she threw the door open. Um, But what I was going back to was how they shot the sex scenes because I also thought that it was really interesting what you were saying about how like they really didn't show much nudity in the Bobby Lynn and Jackson scene. Obviously, they showed a lot more nudity in Mia Goth's scene, but Jenna Ortega's scene was the one that I thought was really interesting because like obviously Jenna Ortega, was only 19 now she was only 18 when they were filming her character is super young too um and her character's whole thing is like kind of being shy kind of not sure about all this embracing it yeah church mouse to I want to be in the movie um but I really liked that for her scene they only really showed you like this setup and then they cut away. They were like, that's all, that's all that we need. We just need the implication of what was happening. Cut to RJ crying in the shower, basically, um, which I yeah. also loved. Um, but I just, I really liked and appreciated that from a film goers perspective, because I love Jenna Ortega. She's absolutely still baby.
2: No, yeah, I totally agree. Cause she does, lo- she just also, feels and looks really really young so that would have She's been wearing her a sunday,
0: lot day of the week undies oh, so come cute. on that um, was my favorite part i was like <gasps> so sweet they didn't even give her sexy undies she just said the sunday undies will do sunday undies. Undies. undies.
2: i love mm-hmm. that i love that um but OK, I mean, the one the really explicit sex scene besides, you know, Howard and Pearl, uh, Maxine's um, ca- uh, cow scene was horrible. I'm so sorry. Barn is the word I was trying mm-hmm. to get to barn um, like that one was super explicit and it was really long. it's her like just like writhing in ecstasy. But the reason that that one feels like so good to me, not in a uh not uh-huh. in the other way <laughs> was that like everyone was looking at her with this sort of like like Aww. awe? they were mm-hmm. like she is like because the whole time they're like wayne's like once everyone sees what you can do you're gonna be a star you're gonna like you know people's eyes She's are gonna pop that out X all this factor, stuff. baby that X factor people baby see that she
0: can fuck like a champ
2: no, they but seriously, not. but she every can. everyone is just like so enamored and overwhelmed by Entranced. her and perform- trance is the perfect word. I mean, you see in Jenna Ortega's eyes like her be like, I will be wanting to do porn now. Um, <laughs> And it's not about Jackson. I don't think, though. I know yes. he's got a mile long slosh long. Um, <laughs> Like it's about Maxine and and that and that power that she has because like it's I don't know she's on top great for her um and also she's not
0: just on top she's like
2: she's the one doing
0: the work you know what yeah I mean? she's, she's not just doing on top it. being fucked she's the one she's fucking. the
2: one fucking yeah totally she's the fucker she's the fucker and I mean it's so inspiring that it inspires. General Ortega to want to do porn. Everyone else is just having a great time. I mean, the look on Brittany Snow's face is also incredible, but it also inspires Pearl to murder. Like, wow, what a performance. <laughs> it's beautiful. <laughs> it is.
0: It is beautiful. Um, but I... I,
2: I want to wear overalls with no shirt now. Really bad. I, think- I don't think it would work out that well for me, but I'm going to try it out.
0: <laughs> I think... The
2: galoshes, um, no shirt,
0: overalls, hair down, blue eyeshadow. I feel like that could be a very popular Halloween costume. But I will say now, if anybody wants to do that for Halloween or any other costume event, um, either bleach or shave your eyebrows, or don't bother. You have to commit to the bit.
2: That's true. Or you know, get the do the glue thing, glue them, put it. Hands- put uh that's not enough commitment top.
0: for me personally um but if somebody did a really good job maybe I would consider
2: I think they should have to permanently standard. alter their
0: eyebrows until those eyebrows grow
1: back in
2: as someone who pick. just wants everyone to look good please don't do that please we're not all me a goth here uh I know from my own experience. When I used to not color in my eyebrows, it was a bad choice, it was not good. It looked like it didn't have a face. Um, so the eyebrows are the, no, are the, they tie the whole face together. So be careful.
0: Here's what I'm hearing, that if you didn't do your eyebrows one day, and if you put on some overalls and galoshes, you'd be so ready to absolutely rock that costume.
2: I was gonna do full Mia Goth, um, but I went to Pac Sun to make a return. Instead of going full Mia Goth for today's episode, so we we all make our choices. Maybe I made the wrong one. Sure, sure, sure. They gave me store credit too. I'm really pissed off. <laughs> okay, so let's just let's get down to the nitty gritty. Let's let's go through the blood and the guts. Let's go through the kills because wow, this movie is super violent, man. You know we don't we don't get this level of gore that much anymore. You know, we don't get the innards falling out of what, what was his name? Steve from scream, like Steve's Mm. stomach, you know, we don't get that kind of gore every day. Get it here. And I'm very, very appreciative of that. Thank you, Ty West.
0: It is very scream style gore though, because I think that's one of the last Movies that really made me like, blah, like cover my face mm. the way that this movie did.
2: I'm um, still not over Dylan Minnette or whatever the hell his yeah. fucking name is. Wes but, getting his uh-huh. neck skin like the slice. throat. Ugh. Oh, that was so sad. But
0: yeah, I, I fully had to hide my face at points during the theater, especially. I mean, who doesn't absolutely hate slash love slash hate when you can see an upturned nail <gasps> moment? coming from far away you know uh, what I mean like a quiet place uh, has done it ready or not has done it this movie did it but it still um hurts me directly and personally every single time
2: Um, just thinking about it
0: it is very effective um which is why it should be used sparingly that said I I thought it worked here
2: (laughs) oh yeah it really works really here. Well, the thing that the second that he walked out of the house because basically what happens. RJ gets murked and uh, then RJ
0: cries in the shower like a little bitch. He decides to leave. Then he gets murked.
2: Then he gets murked. And and just a little shine on that moment. The way that it's shot where the headlights are shining like yes. that yellow light and then so much bloods out of him that the light turns red and she does her little dance. In the red bloodlight that she's just so
1: created, ah. as Don't Fear the Reaper like gently <laughs> yes. plays in the background.
0: The <laughs> da, 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 Another da, reference to da,
1: Halloween. Da, da. <laughs> yes. Oh, man.
2: Oh my God. Um, but yeah, that, so then our, our girl, oh, her name's Lorraine, isn't it? Jenna yeah. Ortega. Yeah. Jenna Ortega. Lorraine, um, wakes up in the middle of the night, realizes that RJ is gone, is filled with r- like worry for him thinking oh. that she, he's broken up with
1: her. Um, he's dead weight, honey. I don't know about y'all, but for me, if I like if I wake up in the middle of the night and like the person that I was like, I went to sleep with or like a person that I like expected to be in the bed with me, just like isn't in the bed. I also go into like a full-blown like panic spiral. I don't know. Like, and my cousin- oh, and I, I would be freaked out too. I don't blame her. But like, even if it wasn't like, even if I didn't decide that I was going to do porn, you know, hours yes, before, you know yeah. what I mean? Like <laughs> if it was just like a random- you know, Wednesday or something uh-huh. and, like. I go into like a full-blown like mental spiral about it, and my cousin was like, "Yeah, it's like we're being abandoned," and I was like, "Ooh, who raised us?" Uh-huh. <laughs> Did this trigger
0: something for me? <laughs> yeah, has a
1: similar reaction.
2: <laughs> Deserved, uh-huh. okay. <laughs> yeah, I'd be freaked out too, especially because like the front door is wide open, like there's those weird creepy old people right next door like there's a lot of reasons to be worried um but my big issue is like Wayne I get it you're hot as hell I love you in this movie but never is it a time to go searching for someone in your tidy whities with no shoes like what the fuck I always I love to wear shoes I love to wear shoes and, and- I love to protect my business and here's the thing
1: (laughs) all these people wandering around in texas in the summer the mosquitoes
0: there are snakes i assume
1: the mosquitoes as someone who got like
2: 15 to 18 bug bites over the weekend like that man would have died from west nile like if he hadn't gotten (laughs) speared in the face like that is
1: not good as somebody who lives in the south and deals with the mosquitoes. I know everybody, I know we're like DEET is bad, DEET causes cancer, but I will also douse myself in 100% DEET because I <laughs> hate mosquitoes. <laughs> like if that's how I have to go, that's how I have to go. But like, I'm not leaving my house without bug spray and shoes and maybe pants. Maybe. You are
0: not making a very persuasive "come visit me in Alabama" argument right now.
1: I'm just
2: gonna. Why let I got deep?
0: Know. I got deep. We're fine. I don't know that I'm prepared for the cancer risk. I'm gonna have to give this some thought.
2: I mean, also just the last thing about his feet and and bugs. If you've ever gotten a bug bite on your foot, that's like one of the worst places to get them. So he's really not thinking this through at all. Um, but yeah, I mean. That sort of visceral house of wax foot feeling that you feel uh, when you see him step on that nail. And he's immediately like, I'm going to get tetanus. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, Mm -hmm. honey, you are. (laughs) Uh, But his death also gives me the same vibes um, of like like mummy vibes where you're like, don't put your arm in the hole. Don't Mm -hmm. put your eye up to the hole either.
0: You said that in the theater. I think you like leaned over and you were like, he's going to get stabbed. And I was like, no, I don't know why I thought no, because it seems very obvious. Um
2: The mummy taught me right.
0: (laughs) Also, it really startled me in the theater.
1: (laughs) The actor who plays Wayne is doing his absolute best. Matthew McConaughey impression, percent. Yeah, spot like, fucking on. Oh 100% my God.
0: had that he same exact giving,
1: It's giving Matthew McConaughey. Has he been in other
0: stuff, doing other things? Is he being himself? But himself is Matthew McConaughey, or he's
2: Matthew McConaughey's brother,
0: Martin Henderson.
2: He's not. When know, else has he, he been in? He
0: was in the ring. Yeah, <gasps> he was the dad oh boyfriend god. in the ring.
2: Yes, of course he is. Wow, that totally makes sense to me. Wow, he's aged very well. I yes, was why his name was so it's familiar. It's only been like ten I years, but, but oh no, it's been like whoa.
1: Yeah, it's been a <laughs> lot. Of- <laughs>
2: oh my god, <laughs> it's been like oh, passage of time. Oh, the slow march of time. Oh, that's he's the in the Big film.
0: Sky. Oh, that's a different. Is the new Big Sky a remake? That's a question for another time. <laughs>
2: But yeah, he was great. And I it's felt completely glad unrelated. to see him go. And I believed him when he, like, he, there's so many movies where they're like, yeah, I'm going to make you a star, sweetie. He believed it. He meant it. And he thinks that Mia got the sun shines out of Mia goth's butt, I think. Um, I mean, he did
1: leave his wife of 14 years for her. <laughs> uh huh.
0: That's the thing. He is. 43 and Maxine is presumably i don't know 22 um and it's a pretty giant age gap but at no point did i really feel like their power dynamics were super wonky like even in the um RJ Lorraine relationship it it almost felt like there were worse power dynamics there because maybe he's not that older i mean he is good amount older she's like 18 and he's like 23 that's obviously not 20 years but at that age it's kind of a big gap are is more controlling yes that's the thing he's trying to be like no you can't do this no you can do this this is okay for other people but not for you these girls can be in porn because they're not nice girls you're a nice girl I'm dating the night you know what I mean like he clearly has a lot of things that he needs to unpack yeah um and Wayne has his own set of wrongs um and his own you know reflecting to do in his life possibly um but I feel like he very much treats Maxine with like respect and reverence and is just like do your thing girl like he's just happy he's totally for her.
2: that's why I loved that scene so much even including the two long song where they're all sitting on the couches like talking about the porn industry just in general and like, ill-conceived notions of, about what pro- porn actors are like and what they want and what they don't want. And I think that this, the whole movie is like a great argument to be like, these are just people who like have a sense of freedom that you haven't gotten to yet, you know? Like they're, they're chill with one more thing than you are yet and they're totally fine and they're having a great time. And like, like why judge them for that, you know? I, I just, I really enjoyed the way that whole part was written.
0: I also thought um, it's interesting because we learn at the end of the movie that the preacher that we're seeing on TV this whole time is Maxine's dad yes. um, and that she is like the daughter stolen away from, by the devil that he mentions in like one of Deviant. the first sermons that we're seeing on TV. Yeah. And then later he uses like specific kidnapping, murdering, sex fiends um, that she parrots when she's shouting at Pearl and whatever we said, his name Howard. was Howard. I Howard. don't know. Um, Howard. Thank you. Um, but in those moments on the couch and a lot of the moments where she's talking to Jenna Ortega, it really seems like she kind of hates jenna ortega um and is being like how dare you judge me blah 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 and then once you know more or you have more context for her character and the character's history you realize it's not jenna ortega she's talking to she's like reflecting on this like serious harm that she's experienced in her life and like the very serious judgment that she's experienced she says um Take it from me, letting outdated traditions control how you live your life will get you nowhere. I don't know about you, but I got better places to be than where I came from. Um, And I think it just, it it hit me as like a little harsh in the beginning because I was like, well, Jenna Ortega is very new. She's fresh off the scene. She's only here because of her boyfriend. She shouldn't be there if she's judging, but she shouldn't have been brought along. Like that's not 100% on her that it's taking her a while to warm up to it. Um, But I really liked that even in hindsight, it was not like this, cat fight moment it was Mm -hmm. just like two people expressing their different histories and different perspectives and like how do those interact and meet each other
2: totally and and I really enjoyed um the reveal um that the that like televangelist or whatever is Mm -hmm. is uh Maxine's father because um I didn't really. On second watch, I liked it so much more too. Not that I didn't like it at first. I just like got. I looked for clues along the way. She doesn't give away anything. Um, mm-hmm. like that televangelist. That fa- her father is playing everywhere in this town on the TV and the gas station. She sees it happening, but she doesn't make any reaction. Um, she like kind of makes like a, a disgruntly face, but like nothing extreme. Um, but I thought the way that they did the end, um, which was so, it was a, a little on the nose, you know, cause she's like literally quoting the same things as him in, in unison or whatever. Um, but like, I, I still liked it. I love the theatrical, the- theatrical nature of it. Um, but what I really loved is that at the very end, he's like, oh yeah, he, she's been stolen away by these deviant, like th- these horrible deviants, these sex fiends. But like, the and they're gonna hurt his beautiful daughter that's like what the whole thing but the people who hurt his beautiful daughter are the people who subscribe to his bullshit and watch his fucking tv show so the people his his like religious zealots that follow him are the ones who are hurting maxine and the sex fiends and the deviants are the ones that have been protecting her This whole time and they who care for her. And I was like hippie.
0: There's a lot of (laughs) moments from his sermons that like are very, very directly, obviously directly relevant. They're included for a reason. Um but really speak to exactly what's happening. And that's some more of the foreshadowing stuff because he says, um, we see part of the sermon, um, and it's after some of the murders have started, because it's like Lorraine is in the the basement at this point. She's gotten her hand smashed. Bobby Lint hasn't died yet. Um, But the quote is, kidnappers, murderers, sex fiends lurking where we least expect in good Christian homes right under our very noses. And that is 100% this house where they're watching the Christian sermon, where they have kidnapped that man who was there earlier, where we know that they are doing lots of murders, where we know that there's like, this implication that they're sex fiends, not just because um pearl is creeping around touching maxine's boobies um but also because the guy in the basement has his pants down and there's some implication that he was being used for sex possibly um and i think there's some implication that they were gonna do the same to jenna ortega so um pearl bisexual queen um but (laughs) <laughs> they say, like, <laughs> they say something about it. Oh, Another
2: queer villain. Like <laughs> and Another
1: queer icon. <laughs> we do find out that Pearl doesn't like blondes, so. Exactly.
0: That was the line. You're right. That was the line where I was, was like, canon. when she said she doesn't like blondes, that is an implicit, um, they've selected who they like and who they don't like. Bobby Lynn can get eaten by an alligator. Jenna Ortega, a little snack for later. Um <laughs> But but yeah, I mean, they're doing kidnapping, they're doing murdering, they're doing sex fiend shit, and they are lurking where they're least expected. They're like these two old people that kind of present themselves to a degree as like I mean, you know, to a degree because Howard shows up first thing with a shotgun threatening to shoot uh, Wayne. Texas. But then is like, my wife sometimes gets confused. Like I'm looking for my wife. Do you know where she is? Can you help me? The wife is like, come in, have some lemonade. Like there, there's clearly something like off about them, but you don't go in from the beginning being like, oh, clearly they're the bad guys.
2: Totally. Well, oh, man, I love this movie. Let's go through the rest of the kills, though, because they all deserve their due. Um, Who is next?
1: Bobby Lynn? No, 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 no. Because one thing that I love about this movie, all the men die first. Mm, you're right, you're so right, RJ, you're right. You're right. Wayne, you got R.J., Wayne, Jackson. then Jackson, and Jackson. Jackson with his hanging dong
0: scene. Oh, um, Jackson so with so his hanging dong did- scene. Discourse, because first of all, I was delighted. I loved it. Second of all, it was... Wobbling around down he there, was wiggly woggling
1: it, it along was, Yeah, it, was, it it's was when he was built bouncing along. Kid Cuddy is that your line thing? of work? Kid Cuddy, is that your appendages? Please let us know. Kid, Kid Cuddy, did you it? use a
0: body double? Kid Cuddy, did you use a prosthetic? Kid, Kid, Kid Cuddy, they just let you from behind and they said, Go to town, baby, and he gave it a little shake. Like, what? Kid Cuddy, we, we are not there. objectifying
1: you. We are just curious, just
2: curious.
0: Kid Cuddy, From a cinematic perspective, we want to know how the scene came together.
2: Kid Cudi, as film critics, <laughs> um, we have some questions.
0: <laughs> as professionals, <laughs> Kid Cudi.
2: He's Kid acted in Cudi other Dick stuff. He has, questions? but like I forgot. This was his movie debut, though.
0: What was he? Her IMDb saying? trivia, sometimes IMDb trivia says that, and it's not true. So I don't know.
2: Wait. Okay, I think hold on.
0: He recently- He's probably been in TV stuff.
2: He has. Wait, I'm double I'm fact-checking something right now cuz I'm trying to okay. remember. I know I've seen him in something, but I'm trying to remember which thing. Keep talking about other things.
0: <laughs> I googled ex Kid Cuddy Dick question mark. Um but I'm not finding some immediate answers just yet. Um, But I choose to believe.
2: Oh, tell me, he's in Westworld.
0: Oh, yeah, he's three? in Westworld
2: Wait. season three. Nice. He's Francis. Great name. Yeah, he's in his at character. One point I'll get back in. Yeah, Westworld. he's not. He's not in it a ton, but um, what he was in, I deeply enjoyed. And I was like, no way, kid Cuddy. Now you know, he can do anything. I love he kid was Cudi. In a Creep show thing oh my god he looks great at the Met Gala wow
0: one of the few men to really give it his best at the Met
2: Gala an incredible incredible performance 10 out of 10 he didn't deserve the way his death he deserved a cooler death um and he was being so
1: nice like yeah his death made me so sad
2: me too like he's like literally just going out there trying to help howard trying to find pearl to make sure she didn't drown he throws himself into the lake because howard plants his fucking flashlight in the lake to to even make him even though they've sing. mentioned
0: crocs at that point and yeah. howard had the gun and specifically said it's for crocs like he knows there is a risk of being eaten And he goes in after him anyway, like a sweetie pie. Even after he saw that car, very psycho style, half submerged in the water and was clearly like, okay, something's funky going on here. He still circled back and was like, oh no, the old guy died. Let me help. Like splashing around looking for a body.
2: He is a wonderful man with a huge slong, and he didn't deserve to just be shot point blank winch in the heart. It has big, beautiful heart.
1: Here's the thing. Big dick, bigger heart. Okay. Like.
2: Oh my God. always said that. <laughs> it's so that true. Kit the age old okay? adage is true to life. <laughs> oh my God. And then also like Bobby Lynn didn't deserve what she got either. Cause she's also trying to be nice. She's also trying to be a sweetie Petey and help out Miss Pearl from being, you know, drowned in the middle of the night. And like, she's really being nice because not only is she trying to help
0: Pearl from being drowned in the middle of the night, but this is directly after she woke up because Maxine was screaming because Pearl was naked in Maxine's bed touching Maxine's body. So she knows Pearl has just been very creepy and she's giving her the benefit of the doubt that like, oh, she must have gotten confused. Oh, she must have wandered out. Um, let me help her. But like very much every reason to believe that this is not a good idea and she's trying to be nice anyway. She she has like every reason to be weird or to not help. Um, and unfortunately it just doesn't go well for her um but what I loved about her death is that um we had that moment with Mia goth swimming earlier yeah and the I think we've been switching between saying alligator and crocodile and I think they say croc in the movie but alligator feels it's right alligator right now.
1: crocodiles okay, like good. aren't They're like a thing but like most what you're gonna find here is alligators in North America yeah got okay. it like, um, in florida you might find like nail, but most of the time uh-huh. like crocodiles have skinny noses oh and
2: also oh, the big meaty boys are alligators alligators yeah okay i love i've always wondered zoology i love zoology i
0: love zoology something i um, love about you
2: and me is that we share a love of we zoology share- <laughs> <laughs> we both
0: are so passionate about <laughs> zoology um but that scene with her swimming earlier is so well done because you got the, you have that like very slow pan to reveal the alligator's snout, like just above the surface of the water. And it has like this lazy swim towards her as she like lazily swims back to the pier. And you have that moment where she's like resting on the pier for a second before she pulls herself out. And you're like, "Ah," and you're starting to get really nervous. And then she like, pulls herself up and we don't see the alligator disappear we just see like she's
2: okay and she her moves butt. on
0: mm-hmm. and so you're like obviously waiting for the alligator to come back there are so many opportunities for when it's going to come back and then for it to be that moment and for it to just chomp on her head immediately yeah. once she's in the
2: water the immediacy what? of that, like it was funny. Like it was comedic <laughs> and it was scary. Like it's just like the pacing of this movie is brilliant. Like you feel like it's just like you've been holding your breath since that moment when she when Mia Goth was lounging in the in the water. And now you can release that breath because it's too late for Bobby Lynn.
0: And that pearl is just standing there on the deck watching, being like, bitch.
2: Like it's <sighs> that iconic. Was, it was this movie's so funny. It's, it's iconic. So funny. Yeah. And, and like Ty West in all these articles, he's like, I was just trying to give people like a fun night at the movies. Um, and, and, and he God, he succeeded. <laughs> God, it was so much fun. Um, okay. Well, let's check back in on Lorraine. Um, meanwhile, while all of this is happening, Lorraine has been trapped in a sex dungeon. Um, and uh, I think I'm skipping around a little bit here, but I just want to talk about how much it upset me when Lorraine's hand got mashed um mm-hmm, that might have mm-hmm. been like the worst part for me to see worse than the foot it was worse just, than the eyes the eyes didn't get when it lorraine so goes to pull,
0: when she goes to pull the chain for the light when lorraine is in the cellar and as she goes to pull it cuts to pearl yanking the thing out of um wayne's oh. skull that is a great cut oh, that's a, a great
2: cut, cut damn, this is, this is like so perfectly executed, honestly. There
0: fact. are a lot of cuts that are like, I think a little too much or like not great transition moments um, or just a little too jarring, a little too avant-garde. Um, but there are so many that are really, really wonderful. And there's so many in between Lorraine and Jackson um, where it's like, he is frantically splashing around in the water looking and then it cuts to her frantically banging on the door like there's so many like she's going up the stairs as he's like running at some point um they do they do really good like cutting back in between all the different characters in a way that like sustains the tension they're building and the mood that they've set even as they're like hopping between storylines I think that part is really well handled
2: totally totally I really agree. Um, I guess the next thing to discuss is maybe the most horrifying part of the entire movie. Um, but not horrifying at the same... Okay, I want to talk about this. Like, mm-hmm. they, picked, they paint this as the most horrifying part of the movie, which is when Mia Goth is stuck under the bed. and the old people fucking. Perla and Howard finally fuck. Um, but, like, why do we feel so grossed out by old people fucking
1: do we not want to fuck when we are old people here's the thing i want to i want (laughs) to fuck when i'm old i hope all the old people and here's the thing we all know that according to research old people stds run rampant among the elder generation and you know what good for them good for them (laughs) good for
2: them this is reminding me of that one um oh what are they called andy sandberg's band oh the, lonely island. Island. the one lonely island song called "Boombox," featuring <laughs> julian casablancas and there's a part where they turn on the boom box in an old folks home and all the old people just start fucking like in a huge orgy <laughs> like that's the song anyway um back to the that. movie x <laughs> so
0: yeah i think that was one thing that i struggled with and was not sure how i felt about after i saw this movie for the first time um because i i tried to do a little self reflection i couldn't tell if um they were making the old people look gross on purpose or Maybe I am not around people that old very often, and old people look like that. And I need to reexamine well, why I think that's gross. And like blah 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 blah. But then she's an old age makeup, so they made her look like that.
1: But also, too, like elderly people of the nineteen seventies and like elderly people of today, today yeah, are it's, yeah, like it's vastly different. different because, like. Remember like and they're rural too. The they're rural, like out on the farm. The rural Howard has fought in two world wars. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they they didn't they're have obviously Botox. They, they don't have, you know what I mean, the stuff. Like they didn't know about SPF, so their skin is all like wrinkled. They were really old. Yeah. And their
2: house, their house isn't in very good shape. Like there's like flies and and all this like rotting food in the kitchen, so they're like you know, yeah. they're not doing super hot right now. They're not like they could probably use some help um, in, in the state of aging that they're in. Obviously, they've gotten to a point where they're killing people. So <laughs> there could have been some intervention a little earlier. But like, you know, yeah, exactly. It's 1979. Um, and, and, you know, people age differently. Some eight people, age like a fine line wine but aging is a a bitch that is the theme of this entire movie it takes a lot away from you um it's
0: just it's interesting to me in this movie because it is a character design you know what I mean um they like put together what this character would look like they didn't cast a real old person um and Mia Goth in an interview with Entertainment Weekly she said um that they had a month of prep before they started shooting um, and they were exploring different options and ways to push it really far, she says. Um, and she says, it wasn't really as interesting to me looking so much like a stereotypical horror monster villain. Then we scaled it back. And that, and when she became a little more human, that clicked more for me. Um, yeah. So she said like they really choice. went grosser or scarier or whatever that means at first. And then they dialed it back and this was where they landed on that was like more human um and I still it's still hard for me I don't know if I think that she looks kind of gross unfairly and that's just something that I have to reflect on or if the movie was making her gross in some ways because it's a scary cool. movie it's still a it's, horror. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a so horror uncomfortable. Movie.
2: You're they're mm-hmm. supposed to push that. They're looking they look like they're starting to literally deteriorate. Like they're especially with the scene where that she's brushing and, her hair. Yeah, her hair is falling out. He's got like, you know, they they look they look a little corpse like because they're that that far along in the in the aging process. That doesn't happen to everyone, you know what I mean? But like it is a horror movie, you know? Like it's uh, just not
0: very far off from being corpses, yeah. <laughs>
2: Well, I mean, like I said, they're 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 not yeah. like going no, to the doctor every day, you know. They are mm. not they're just hanging out, killing folk, you know. That's what they're doing.
0: <laughs> it's not that they look like corpses. It's that a lot of corpses look like old people.
2: Yes, well, true. Yeah. They're also really gaunt. I think that's a part of it, too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but I that mean,
0: scene, the dialogue is actually very like sweet and romantic.
2: Totally. And I, I I please. No, I agree. I agree. That's why I think this movie is so effective because it's like, like what I was saying earlier, you feel for the villains. Like you see the humanity in them because they're, they're humans. They have all the, the classic human things. There's, they're jealous. They're lustful. Um, you know, they had hopes and dreams. Like she had all these hopes and dreams to be a dancer, all of that. Um, And so obviously like these, these extreme reactions are not it, Uh, but I don't know, like when they were having sex, I was like, yeah, get a girl, like go Mm -hmm. for it, baby. You're happy
0: for them. Obviously that's been what she's been after this whole time. They found all of these ways to try and substitute by like bringing in young things. I mean, I think that's what they're doing in the beginning when they like rent out their guest house or whatever you want to call it to Wayne and then he shows up with the posse, and they're like, We thought you were one youngish man coming alone who we could possibly Mm, disappear with nobody noticing. Um, and they're still hoping they can disappear everybody with nobody noticing. Um, but like, they're clearly that's like their fishing expedition, is they just like rent out this barn or whatever. Um, and then when people come, if there's someone who's alone and vulnerable, they just exploit that. So they're trying to find these substitutes. They have the other people they bring in. She has the murders she's doing, es- RJ's in particular, especially after she's trying to seduce him first. Um, but there just is no substitute for the real thing, baby. Um, and With you her hands,
2: get- Yes. She loves her hands
0: you can't make love to your partner by fucking somebody else or maybe you can but I imagine it would be tricky to do um (laughs) a lot of logistics to work out ahead of time um and it's just not the same she just wants to be with her husband that she loves who she had to send off to war twice um and I think that that whole dialogue I wrote part of it down because I just thought it was really great but she just like she, they're being so vulnerable with each other she says tell me I'm special and he says of course you are I felt that way since the first moment we met you were the most beautiful woman I'd ever seen and she says oh not anymore and he says always and she says tell me I'm yours that you still want me make me feel young again and he says what if my heart can't take it and she just says it can and it's just like this very it's touching really moment it's sweet. not that she's it is. yes like we joked earlier that she was like die for this pussy but it's not even that it's that she just has like this <laughs> faith that they can be in this moment together it's not going to kill him and it doesn't spoiler um but that they can have this like closeness that they've been avoiding that they haven't been letting themselves have because to have it might risk that you don't get to be close anymore at all ever again in other ways um and what's the risk you're willing to to put on that? Um but no,
2: totally. I mean But
0: then yeah, also and- he was on top. I was like, why if he's so worried about his heart, why can't he just be on bottom and she can relive the Maxine scene? Like, think about it, girl. Give it some consideration.
2: I just want Howard wanted to show off his butt. Let him do it, you know? <laughs> Let him do it. Um, but okay, that brought brings us to the next and almost final scene. Which is when Mia Goth, Maxine, runs all the way to the house to liberate Lorraine. She saves her. And then Lorraine has, like, reverted back to her old ways times 2,000. And is like, you bitch, this is your fault. How is this her fault? This is not her fault she did nothing wrong except for be a beautiful ingenue like leave her alone and then she's a dumb idiot and she's just screaming at the top of her lungs and runs out the door and gets shot and immediately dies and her face comes off
0: yeah yeah well she doesn't immediately die which is what's fun about it oh yeah um but yeah i i think it's a very understandable emotional reaction to have um i think I get why she's mad at Maxine because it kind of feels like this whole project is to launch Maxine specifically star power even though Wayne also wants it for himself even though Bobby Lynn wants it for herself RJ and Jackson they want it for themselves it's kind of Maxine's show especially after that scene where they all gazed upon her as she did her business um but
2: yeah it doesn't go well
0: for (laughs) Lorraine (laughs) She's and like, it really like, doesn't This go is the well time
2: I- where you bond together to survive. Like, come right. on, babe. Come on. You only have one hand right now. Like, you're going to make another enemy when you have one hand right now? Come on. Mm-hmm. Anyway, sad to see her go, though. She's adorable. Also, yeah. just want to say best scream in the game. Like, yes! like earlier in the movie, oh, but like,
0: it's so good. She is so
2: good at screaming. Like she is literally amazing at it. She screamed great and Scream. She's screaming great in X. 10 out of 10. Truly
0: scream queen material. Yeah. Truly, truly scream queen textbook, material.
2: Textbook, textbook.
0: But another moment just before we move on of that scene being so good and the script being so good is that like in that moment as Maxine is hearing Pearl and Howard deal with, Lorraine's body and bring it inside she also hears the mention that they have to go get Wayne's body from the farm and I think that moment was pivotal because that's like the only other character she would have potentially gone back for I think and hearing that he was dead she was free to just be like okay fuck you I'm leaving mm-hmm. um and good for her and she should but I liked when they're carrying it in and Lorraine gives her like death rattle gasp gurgle um and that's what gets Howard um because something had to eventually and I think that was the perfect choice of what it was oh if he had so died during funny. sex the movie would have been terrible to me no that's um, so sad dying in this moment perfect flawless no notes
1: so funny but the the funniest death in this movie is Pearl's death true it is I mean when I tackled laughing it was so comical because as somebody who has shot a 12 gauge and it dislocated their shoulder, I understand this. I was not material, but still, like, I was like, this is accurate. This could happen in real life. Like, this is an old lady. She wasn't ready for that kickback. <laughs>
2: I think it's pretty funny and interesting choice that, like, both of the things that get these, like, I know they're, they're like fragile beings because they're, they're older, they're very old. We just discussed how they look, you know, older than the average old person. Um, but, uh, but they fucking massacre six young strapping gents and ladies, like, with no problem at all. I didn't say the right amount of people. I don't care. Uh, I'm not going to count right now. Easy. I'm not going to fucking count. Uh, <laughs> but then, like, just little flukes is what gets them in the end. Like a cough and like the kickback of a gun. Like, I thought that was an interesting choice. But I also thought little symbolism for you. Um, when she shoots the gun, Pearl does it. Shatters the mirror. And that's the mirror oh, that they had looked into together yeah. earlier oh. in the film, um, and so there's something there. Can't really put it into words. <laughs> you you know, killed it. Vanity that, the uh, alone
0: did a lot of don't last.
2: Burning. I don't. Mm, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. Shattered their connection
0: that we saw manifested physically on screen in that mirror moment where they're gazing upon each other touching boobies etc um but yeah i think what what i like about pearl's death most is that it's coming while the sermon keeps being like if we do not take control of our fate the lord will do it for us so it's basically saying like you can control your own destiny but if you don't someone else is gonna and it might not go the way that you like um and I think if Pearl had just died from the kickback and like smashed her head open or something like that, that would have felt shitty and cheap. Because if it comes right after, if we do not control our fate, the Lord will do it for us. That was not Maxine controlling anything. You know what I mean? Like that was the yeah. divine intervention that yeah. we get a moment later. But that Maxine gets to be like, okay fuck you, I'm literally going to crush your skull into pieces by running you over and then going forward again. Um, That's her controlling her own fate. That's her writing her narrative.
2: Totally. What does she say? I will not accept a life that's less than I deserve or something like that.
1: Okay. But also like, why would Pearl even ask Maxine to help her like baby you just murdered all of my friends why do you think I'm gonna help you in this situation (laughs) like her
2: last chance (laughs) she's got a crush on her she's like maybe she still likes me
0: (laughs) and then she antagonizes her again when it's like okay asking for help politely is not working she does the whole it'll all be taken from you just like it was from me and that's when Maxine is like okay maybe one second ago I would have left you here to die alone on your own but now I'm gonna finish the job immediately um and good for her and then I liked how it like cut between her driving away and the sermon um and you're doing cocaine also- again oh important yeah um my question is where's she driving do we think
2: the fuck away from there
0: do we think she's driving straight to Hollywood to start her movie star career do we think she's driving to her dad's house to do some more murders do we think that she has a specific destination in mind I just like I'm curious for her Um, she's
1: just going wherever the vibes feel right you know she or, should have
0: taken the camera with her.
1: Or she's going wherever her Coke dealer is.
0: <laughs> she said, I, I do need more Coke after this whole experience. Yeah,
2: yeah. Um, She should not have to- taken the camera with her because that's the type of fool shit that gets you killed. Like, oh, let me go back for my cell phone. We just watched Fresh. That almost ended Daisy Edgar Jones, okay? Like, just leave your earthly possessions behind and get your ass out of there. Even if you sure. think people are dead, it's time to go. So final girl behavior.
0: The 70s is an, very much still an era where you could like disappear and start a new life. You know what I mean? Before everything was like digitized in that way. Um, And so it could be that that film after falling into police hands somehow hits, I don't know, the... What what was the analog dark web black market or whatever?
1: Um what
0: <laughs> black market before it was online? Do you know what I mean? Anyway, you mean um, um
1: they would play the uh the commercials and it would be like you must be 18 years or older to call. <laughs> <laughs>
0: They have it playing at three AM, um, but yeah, I mean, I think there's a good chance that movie still gets shared and becomes um, a cult classic of the murders that happened on this farm and the porn that they were making. Um, and I would love to see Maxine living her new life, navigating that. Uh,
1: the porn did seem like a good porn. I will it give them great. that. Like I would ten out I of ten. Whole setup. <laughs> would have masturbated to it mm. would have would have done it We <laughs> had a great now time what I'm
0: about um but <laughs> i support your journey um what i moved about is that mentioning the porn footage reminded me that the the opening shot of this scene or this whole movie is so good because it starts like behind the barn doors and it it seems like a very 70s like aspect ratio for the film um because in the 70s they were had just about like switched to 70 millimeter blah blah blah, IMAX, etc i looked it up earlier um and the ratio was much more boxy and almost squarish um and to start in that what seems like that aspect ratio that was like of the time of the period for so long before they finally zoom forward and you see that it's the barn doors fading away into a modern day aspect ratio. I thought that was great, especially when interspersed in the film you have like the shots of the porn footage and it's in that square aspect ratio. I just thought that was yeah. a cool touch.
2: So genius. There's all this buzz about two things. One, there's going to be a prequel to this movie, um, which is mm-hmm. going to be amazing. I think um, it's giving uh, like Snow White a little bit um, with the vibes. Yeah. Okay. I read an article about this too. And he's like trying to go for Disney vibes in part of this movie. Huh? Yeah. 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 Cause she's okay. like, Does she
0: have animal friends on the farm?
2: I, I don't well, I mean you see the Little you see the trailer for her? Pearl the prequel is called Pearl it's about Pearl um and her younger life played by Mia Goth again the movie is co-written by Mia Goth and Ty West they filmed it oh yeah they wrote it together like I think he started it maybe while they were filming X and then they he worked on it together like, for wrote a it few in their two
0: quarantine before they started filming when they were not allowed to start filming yet after they yeah. had gone on site in New Zealand
2: yeah and then but then there was like two months or something downtime between the two productions but they stayed in New Zealand also a little fun fact for you the crew for this movie was the crew from Avatar because they were filming Avatar the new James Cameron Avatar in New Zealand and they were on break and so they just stole the Avatar crew um which I think is the funniest thing I've ever heard anyway thank you James Cameron Uh, (laughs) um but yeah, so I, I think this, the prequel is going to be amazing. But then he was also talking about how, like, if you're making a slasher movie, you have to be prepared to make sequels. And I'm just like, do we have to? Well, <laughs> it's so said, good on its own. Yeah,
0: in the LA Times article, he says he has ideas for a third film. Um, and I'm just really curious to see what that would possibly be. Do you know what I mean? Because, like, it yeah. makes sense... That you're taking the backstory of a character that we see, especially one who has implied homicidal tendencies, possibly for a long time. Um, certainly implied by that trailer. Um, or the existence of the movie, I guess maybe. Um, but I don't think there's like a clear what would be next. And I guess my question is, does Mia Goth taking this role imply that it would be a Mia Goth trilogy? Because I think when they showed the photo of young Pearl and Howard like on their wedding day earlier in the movie that's not Mia goth um and so I don't think he was necessarily it is
2: yeah it's Mia goth oh I looked at it again this time and I was like oh the picture is Mia goth
0: oh yeah okay that's interesting then because I was thinking maybe he was like okay to recast the role if Mia goth was not interested or available um but it was just like fun for the implications and for the themes of this movie to have her play both characters within X. Um, but it makes me wonder if maybe a third one could be about like an older Maxine, like Maxine when she's older and what does her older years look like.
2: Yeah, um, I like it. Because I would be interested they, in that like, story. If they don't do it in a traditional slasher sequel kind of way. Mm-hmm. Um and 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 you know, knowing what ty west has put out before i don't think that he would but when he like said that like oh slashers need to have sequels i was like i don't want like another like rigmarole with this this was so special um Mm -hmm. i thought i like just loved it so much so i don't want the i don't want it to be tarnished by a shitty sequel i think the prequel is gonna rock my socks but like we'll see (laughs) about some sequel
0: um (laughs) what a throwback little phrase
2: but l- let's get into our segments. Um yeah. how could this movie be gayer? It is innately gay. I mean, Pearl is queer. <laughs> she should have a
0: bisexual flag on her wall. Um, it could be gayer Did in the that bisexual sense? flag
2: exists in '79? Probably, but I don't know. <laughs>
0: uh missing persons milk cartons didn't exist until the 80s. So we've already got some historical inaccuracies here. I think <laughs> they could throw a little bisexual flag on the wall in the background. <laughs>
2: amazing yeah I mean I could I would have loved you know well maybe that would have been bad I I, we didn't need a girl on girl porn scene that's bad that would have been bad
0: (laughs) I mean they could have done it well because we see how well they did the other ones but we didn't need it
2: we didn't didn't need need it it. we didn't need it
0: and I didn't feel like there was really any interest there other than I do feel like Lorraine is Fully gay,
2: <laughs> yeah. She was like, I have never thought of these thoughts before, and now they're the only thoughts I'll ever have again. Um, mm-hmm. when she but takes she off her little cross in her necklace, eyes.
0: <laughs> yes, she had stars in her eyes to a degree for Bobby Lynn. She clearly was like fully taken in by um Maxine in that one scene. I just think she's she's a
2: lesbian. I couldn't agree more. Uh where would Matthew Lillard fit into this film? <laughs> Matthew Lillard in age makeup as Howard.
1: I I'm up into that. <laughs> I think he would have done a great Wayne, and I would have liked to have respectfully seen him in his tidy whities. <laughs> respectfully respectfully (laughs) um
0: i think that a young maddie lilly could have been a fun rj um Uh i don't think i i i don't know like this is one of those films where i'm like i'd be okay you know what i mean
2: yeah i don't need him to be in this one just because i thought this was perfectly cast he could have been Mm -hmm. the televangelist oh, oh if we put him put in some in.
0: prosthetics so he was still unrecognizable i yeah. think that would have been a fun role that he could pull off um without being too recognizably yeah. maddie lilly would know he's that would be a the good king of the
2: unhinged uh monologue so what uh-huh, is a yes. sermon oh. if not another version <laughs> of the of such um I'm but on board. yeah i feel like that could have been a good spot for him uh dumb bitch that leads us to dumb bitch
0: rj i think um because i and definitely Lorraine. don't want to give it to no i don't want to give it to her i love her and she's my baby and i would protect her with everything babies I can have be dumb
2: heart. bitches
0: they can be but <laughs> babies they don't are have to be if we're just choosing bitches. One. That's well, true. See, you're blinded by
2: your general. love for Jenna oh Ortega my God. you I can't am, be maybe. objective <laughs>
0: yeah but RJ sucks why can't it just be him it speaks for itself I mean he's crying in the shower after filming a porn that was partially his idea you know what I mean
2: RJ sucks but Forcing someone into a polyamorous situation is not okay either. Even though we want Lorraine to be happy, you know what I mean? That's a lot to ask of someone. It is. It is. I'm sorry. It is. Listen,
1: somebody who recently went through that, where somebody was like, Don't you want to be in this relationship with me? And this other woman, and I was like, "No, not really. No, thank you. I
0: don't actually." It
1: <laughs> is stri- a dick move of Lorraine to be like, "I'm gonna do this." Like, good yeah, for it- her, but also like, baby, in the, the okay, scope of their, their relationship, in the he in should the, not just leave though.
2: In the scope That's- of their relationship, he's like, she literally is like, "Hey." I'm going to fuck someone else and I'm going to make you film it. <laughs> Think about it like that. I know it's just business, but that's a big change. <laughs> I, I'm happy for her. I was like, yeah, but I was also like, ooh. The way he verbalizes his feelings, shitty, shitty, terrible, terrible. Yeah. If He had said it in any other way. Lovely would have been more understandable, but he goes like full controlling. But either mm-hmm. way, it's fucked up. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's a very reasonable boundary to have. Um, I my boundary think... is
2: that you don't make me film you fuck someone else.
0: <laughs> well, my boundary, I guess, would be that um if we're working on a porn together, we need to have discussions ahead of time about what our boundaries are for our relationship and our relationship to this film. Um. Because like maybe she wasn't gonna be okay with him filming a porn. I don't know. That's a conversation they clearly must have had ahead of time. This was not a conversation they had the opportunity to have ahead of time. I take it back. He's allowed to cry in the shower. You can't take the only vehicle they have and leave. That's dumb bitch dick move behavior.
1: Listen I think they're they, tied. <laughs> they both do it. But here's the thing. I think Lorraine gets it because um she also blames Maxine
0: leave
2: her alone baby can't be objective it's tied (laughs) tied for worst couple RJ and Lorraine I love I love them in their own way the movie wouldn't be the same without them but they're dumb bitches and that's why fine Chelsea's
0: so sad (laughs) (laughs) she knows we're right (laughs) It's How dare you hurts. <laughs> How dare you? We're moving on to Knives Out of Fives and I am setting the scene. Um, this movie on IMDb got 6.7 out of 10. Um, and Rotten Tomatoes, it got 96% fresh from critics. So 96% of critics thought this was at least a fresh movie, which is pretty cool. Um, audiences were a little less receptive. Um, it got 75% fresh from audiences. So still overall pretty good numbers. Um, but definitely critics saw something in it that audiences in general, maybe didn't.
2: This movie is a five out of five for me. This was like the most fun that I've had in the theater in a long time. Like I might've liked it more than scream six or whatever, however you want to say it. Um, I I love a fresh concept for a horror movie I know this is a slasher you know still but like I love this I thought they handled the porn aspects of it so well I love that exploration of sexuality and having it be empowering and like you know like flipping the script on deviancy I'm saying that in scare quotes like like I loved it I thought it was brilliant I thought the acting was great I thought the costuming was impeccable they made all that shit from scratch like I thought the makeup work was amazing I'm like blown away that Mia Goth played both characters and like you don't really like realize that at first and then when I Mm -hmm. did realize that which was at the fucking end um credits roll when (laughs) the credits rolled I was like holy shit like once again like I loved it. Literally, no notes. Like, keep the full Britney Snow song in. Like, no notes. Like a hundred percent. I can't wait to watch this again.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm kind of close. I'm doing a 4.5 out of five. Only because the movie is so dark. Mm-hmm. Like I literally had a hard time seeing it. And I have perfect vision. And it truly rub like, it in why don't you? <laughs> it was like. Obnox. it was like kind of annoying in the theaters but it was like absolutely obnoxious watching it in my house because yeah, I was you like
0: you can't get that theater blackout experience yeah
1: I was like in my room like the my tv is smaller I had a like a hard time seeing the movie and yeah so I just wish it was like like, why couldn't this be shot during like a full moon or something? You know what I mean? Where it was, like, it <laughs> could be just like a smidge brighter. Uh, but- You know that conversation
0: from the Lord of the Rings set where they're like, everybody talks about how, I don't I don't know Lord of the Ring things. So correct me if I'm wrong. Oh, um, I don't know Lord of the Rings. But the Battle of Helms Deep or whatever, it's like lit really well and you can see it, but you can tell it's supposed to be nighttime. And apparently there was a conversation on the set where somebody was like, "Where's this lighting coming from?" And the lighting designer was like, "I don't know. I guess wherever the soundtrack is also coming from." Um, <laughs> which is like, yes, to some degree, you want to have realistic, quote unquote, realistic lighting, but also you want your audience to be able to see what is happening, and that should be the priority over mood setting or realistic dark effects or whatever. Like, you need your you. What are you trying to communicate? to your audience and are you doing that effectively is like a very important, worthwhile question that I think a lot of recent things miss the mark
1: on lighting wise. But other than that, like Kid Cudi is incredible. Brittany Snow literally does so many things for me. Like Jenna Ortega, again, potential scream queen. Uh, Ring man, so sexy in his little tidy whiteys. And good for the old people for still fucking in their old age. Like, I hope that can be me one day. Like, it will be us. We'll fuck till we're dead. till it kills us. Yeah. I hope that I one day from my old age, like die mid fuck.
0: Manifest it, baby. Manifest it. Um, But yeah, I agree. This movie is really well written. It's really well directed for the most part. There are some cuts that I think kind of take away rather than add but I really like that they were trying to do so many interesting things with the split screens, with the cuts back and forth, with the transition moments. I think they did a lot of that right. Um, There's very little that I think needs to be tweaked. Um, But there are some things that I would want to adjust. There are some notes that I have. That said, I feel like I've throwing them all out here I don't have anything else to add really other than I liked it I was delighted watching it in the theaters I thought it was really fun to see with a group of friends I thought a lot of people were very reactive in the theater which is a sign of either a really really good movie or a really really bad movie um depending on the vibes um and I just I thought that this was a blast and a good launching point to a sequel and I would be very interested to see whatever the third movie might be even if he just even if he doesn't get it and he just shares like a concept with us one day um I would I would read whatever he would share about it um because I think he Ty West clearly has a vision um and so for me I think it's like I could go full full fives, but I, I feel like we've been doing a lot of fives lately. I'm going to give it like a 4.9, I think. um, That's what feels right in my heart
2: today. Fair. Very fair. Well, thank you, Ty West, for giving us this gift. And thank you, A24, for greenlighting it. Once again, just knocking it out of the fucking park. Can't wait for bodies, bodies, bodies. Anyway, we're moving on to something new. <laughs> And something very, very exciting. exciting that we've been cooking up in our Spooky Mad Scientist Lab here at Spooky Tuesday. Um, we, you know, we you've heard on the pod before um, our contentious thoughts and fights about themed months. <laughs> um, you may recall it, in yesteryear and Spooky Tuesday history, doll month, April 2021. It was a beautiful time. Well, we love don't forget here. Sharky
1: two weeks. Okay? Sharky two
2: weeks, my God, <laughs> the most incredibly named series of two weeks that have ever existed in the history of podcasting. I'm pretty sure. Um, but now we've decided to to find a, a beautiful compromise between myself and Chelsea. We're doing a theme, but it is not all encapsulated in one month. It is all summer long, baby. We are introducing. Something amazing, something beautiful. It's Final Destination Summer. Final <laughs> Destination Summer. <laughs> I don't know what that sound was. It was like a dying cat. It's anyway.
0: a cat, yeah. <laughs> cat fighting uh, for its life out there.
2: I was thinking, like, what's the sound that a, a scythe makes as it goes through the air? And that's the sound ah. I made, which is wrong. That's not the sound that it makes.
0: It's more I feel like, like, a, it's like sh-
2: a. Yeah. Exactly um but yeah we death is coming and it's following you and it's never gonna stop until you're dead baby it's final destination um we're oh, obviously s- <laughs> a little song a little song um we're obviously starting with the first one um of course best place to start when did it come out
0: 2000 i believe perhaps 2001 but i think 2000 um but yeah, I'm really excited for final destination summer. If you are looking to have an idea of what to expect, it will be the last Tuesday of each month, unless there's a fifth Tuesday and we are still holding on to those fifth Tuesdays. The fourth so Tuesday of
2: every month. The four- <laughs>
0: exactly. There we go. The fourth Tuesday of every month will be part of our final destination summer event. And I'm thrilled. How many final
1: destinations are there? Five, six?
0: Five, Five, but they're making a six, which we'll talk about later. Because the fifth one, I kind of think, is the perfect ending to the franchise. But we'll I see. don't
2: think Ooh. I've seen the fifth one.
0: We watched it for a spooky with our OG crew. I but might maybe not you have made it that to time. that one.
2: I don't. I don't Honestly, know. Honestly,
0: I'm not sure I've seen the first one. I maybe have just seen three and five. I'm not, I feel like I've seen them on TV, but I'm not sure I've ever seen them all the way through. We're going to find out when I watch. You've
2: seen the
1: first one. The first one fucking slaps. It has Casper in it.
0: It does have Casper in it and it has Ali Larder and it has, I don't know, other people. I just know that Alex Johnson from instant star on the end was in final destination three. And that's why I was like, that was my entry point.
2: Final <laughs> Destination 3 is one of the best ones, but we got to start. Mary Elizabeth beginning. Winston.
0: <laughs> yeah. Winston. Mary Elizabeth um, Winston.
2: Anyway, so there's a lot to look forward to a whole summer of death. Isn't that exciting? It's going to be amazing. Um, so why not give us a five-star review as a thank you for coming up with cool and exciting <laughs> concepts for the show? Isn't that so exciting? Um, what's, what's another giveaway a five-star review that you could do. Um you could write something like a little poem about Kid Cuddy's dick. Um yeah, an ode, whole review.
1: Um are we your favorite podcast hosts? Sometimes yeah. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Great.
2: That's a great one. And it's probably true. We know that you're not, you're not a uh, monogamous always. with okay. Tuesday. That's okay. That's fine. We're we'll not upset about it. <laughs>
1: this is the only polyamorous relationship that I am open to. And that is one with all of the you listeners. You can listen to us and other
2: podcasts. <laughs> and
1: other podcasts. We'll allow yeah. it. We'll allow that. We'll um, allow it. I'm,
2: I'm so glad we've set that boundary at this time. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> now we that we've had the clear, conversation. We're all
0: on the same page. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Um, and why not follow us on social media we're gonna have a bunch of fun stuff for this movie and also for all of final destination summer we're at spooky underscore tuesday on tiktok twitter and instagram at spooky tuesday pod on facebook and tumblr and at spooky tuesday on letterboxd and again we have that incredible singular youtube video up on youtube so watch it you gotta watch it and that's it. Thank you for listening.
1: Bye-bye, Spooky. Bye-bye, Spooky. Everybody likes sex. It's a guess. But we're just
2: not afraid to admit it. Queer, straight, black, white. It's all disco.
0: Spooky Tuesday was created by Monica Height, Sydney Thompson, and Chelsea Duff and edited by Sydney Thompson. Our gorgeously spooky tunes are all thanks to Tamra Simons, who you can follow on Instagram at Captain Tamra. And our podcast art is by Mary Murphy, who you can find on Instagram at the underscore moon underscore OMG.